Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Spilling the GNT podcast. You're here with Bolo. Uh, Dr. Tom. Now we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. We're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Bolo here's a performer. And Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional, professional. professional review on Canada's, Canada's Drag, Drag Race, Race Season 3. three. three. So let's raise a glass <laughs> and start spilling the GNT. Thank everyone. Welcome back. To um, Drag Race Podcast, the only RuPaul's Drag Race Podcast you should be listening to. Yes, that is correct. Why? However, we're not quite on time with Canada yet, but we will get there. So we're actually recording this on the day that episode three is going to come out. But it's been such a busy week, Paolo. It's, it's just so much going oh, it's on been such a busy with week. All Stars um, 7 coming out. The finale is tomorrow, so then we'll be able to get these out ASAP, the way that we usually do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we'll get back into a good rhythm with Canada and yeah. ho- obviously we're busy earlier in the week and hopefully you caught our extra special episode with the wonderful lovely gorgeous Joe Harwood you have to go back and listen if you I haven't missed, already I, I miss Joe already oh. it's just the two of us again and it's just a bit like mm, you know <laughs> this, is, this is really awkward yeah like, I just don't, I don't really like you no so it's just you know the chemistry's off I feel like we need that buffer yes. I feel like we need that person we need just um, like a really nice beautiful person to balance us out what do you call them? Um, that middle person, the. Um, well, she, I think she just creates a sense of equilibrium, really, without her. We're nothing. <laughs> Is it, uh, check it out, though, guys. Like, great episode. Joe always gives such amazing insights. Um, you know, is personally acquainted with many of the queens. She works in the industry. She's just fab. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, say no more. Say no more. So, as you know, what we do is watch it live, we podcast, and we release. <laughs> yeah. Relax. And we just relax. When you want to um, come to I it. think we can get straight into it. I think we can get straight into it because, you know, uh-huh. it's a bit late. So, let's let's get in there, get up the info, release it, mm-hmm. so that we can get on to the next one. So, sure. we're on season three. We're on episode two. Last week, we said bye to Halal Bay was a... It was a sewing challenge, wasn't it? It was. It was a really unusual in that they brought a garment they had to reconstruct. And Halal seemed like such an intriguing character. I didn't feel ready to see Halal go. And I would be open to a comeback episode this season, which Canada's never done before. But I would be intrigued to see if that happened. And I think Halal would be like a really fantastic comeback. It feels like she had a lot more to give. Yeah. I wouldn't have actually put her in the bottom two either. Fierce Alicious is really, really gorgeous. She's great TV, and but her, but her garment was the worst. It's that pretty privilege, isn't it? And the also same, good, the same way Georgia's won that design challenge. It's something about her being good TV as well, because she's like a bit cheeky, a bit of an instigator, um, you know, kind of charmingly youthful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just youthful. Yes, uh, and Miss Mosu survived the first lip sync. I don't think Miss Mosu saw herself being there in the first episode because she comes across as a bit of a veteran. Um, but having said that, like her first look was amazing. Her second look was not it, I'm afraid. And she knew it, unfortunately. Mm. But um, she's back in the workroom and she's ready to take on the world. Well, this Maxi Challenge this week is, it's award season. So they need to, um, well, they're presenting and they're also going to be the nominees for the prestigious Canadian award show, the Who Knows. Which is a play on the Junos, right? Sure. That's like the Canadian Oscars. I've, I've, I'm learning every day. Yes. 
So they're going to be hosting and they're also going to be awarding and being awarded um, whatever the awards are. So this is basically a replica of the Despy Awards, isn't it, from season seven? Yeah. What are your recollections of... Oh, bless you. Bless you. Allergies. Um, What are your recollections of the Despies? I... Well, my if I have to think about it honestly, I thought the Despy Awards was a an improv slash comedy challenge. I didn't like the format because it doesn't give you time to really get into okay being funny, um, and it's a bit too quick. It's I see what it you wasn't mean. one of my favorite challenges from season seven, and so I don't know how they're gonna go. With it um, in this season. It was season seven's version of a slight twist on a stand-up comedy challenge, really, wasn't it? And season seven is... I, I love season seven, and I often say that, because it's often lambasted as a bit of a forgettable or throwaway season. It was a bit of an odd one in that there were so many fashion-heavy queens, but so many comedy-oriented challenges that it, it had a slight sense of imbalance as a season. And this is one of those comedy challenges... I mean, I do know what you mean. The format isn't conducive to a queen like getting in her flow and like yeah. doing a proper roast and that kind of thing. But I think it's an interesting way of mixing it up. And I, I don't think that at all. I, I think that this it should have stopped at season seven. I don't. And, and you're I think not keen it was, to revisit. It was very right. It was very correct of them to not have done that again. <laughs> so for them to bring it back, it's it's not something that you know people are asking for. You don't hear anyone ever saying, "Oh." Bring back that Despy Awards format challenge. It was such a good mix. I feel like it's like this could be a mini challenge. I actually, though I'm not DM'd, a big fan I of DM'd mini. Brooke and said, "Can you do this, please?" I did. I'm responsible. Okay. <laughs> no, but like, um, who do you remember as being like a strong performer? No one. It, it just really no one. Nobody well, made you laugh. No one was strong because you had two seconds to try and make an impact. There were mo- there were good moments. Mm-hmm. Go on, people, give me a good moment. People had then. good moments, but it wasn't. You, you're not going to hear anyone throw out like you know. Oh, do you remember the episode mm-hmm. uh, where they did the this? No one's ever. No one has ever said that, and no one ever will because it's just it's just not a good maxi challenge. Do you know when I think about it? It might part of the idea behind the twist because they had to provide a certain red carpet glamour. It might have been so the fashion queens could shine in that respect and look red carpet ready because, like, fame, Violet, Pearl, Max. I mean, they all look Kennedy looked stunning. Kennedy looked amazing in that embellished dress, but like, so many of them look like really modern and fresh and chic, but also red carpet ready. Back to your question, um, were there any any standouts? The ones that I remember are Pearl because. First of all, that was the "Do I Have Something on My Face" episode. It was Pearl's storyline episode. It was her her wake up Pearl episode. Wake up Pearl, wake up. Um, so yeah, her her read about um after gay length we can <laughs> swing by my husband. That was good. that one? And then the who was the outer queen? Um, Cash Davis. <laughs> the title. Who was who was the elder the queen? Elder queen. The elder queen. Um, did you hear that, dear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The re- so I thought that Pearl did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think Kennedy Devonport. Kennedy was great. Did a great job. Kennedy there too. was that pageant queen who showed her, you know, the classic pageant queen who found her funny in the show. 
Kennedy's victories in the show were all comedy challenges. It was I, Snatch Game. It was the Parodies Challenge. I don't think she found her funny. I think that she's naturally funny. You're right. You're right. But I guess kind of like her box, if you like, yeah. was Pageant Queen. And she broke her out of that very quickly. for me was Pageant Queen slash Dancing Diva. Oh, Dancing Diva of Texas. That's, that's, that's what I oh, would think of when I thought forget. of Kennedy. But she was funny. I mean, do you remember All Stars, the... The, the improv challenge. The improv. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mm, you better the be bitchula. watching. Yeah, keep watching. She was so good she in that. She was so good in that. Yeah, so, her and um, Dale are in the top two. Kennedy stood out to me. Pearl stood out to me. I think, I think Katia. It was a great showcase for Katia's style of humor because she could drop those really weird one-liners. Like, I think it was the great American painter Bob Ross who said, the key to a soil and vagina is courage and that's just like a classic Katya line and it was a great format for it yeah because conversely Katya wasn't that amazing in the all-stars two stand-up challenge this format kind of suited her better her wig was flat though but she was the Brooke Hogan of track <laughs> I'm trying to think of anyone else who who else was great I think those were the those were the ones that I remember well, Max got the win with Pearl yeah I, Max such a weird treatment that season because she got two wins and then, like, went home two episodes later. Very, very strange treatment of Max. I'll never fully understand what they wanted to do with her in that will season. Will they ever recover, Tom? They will never they recover will never from recover what from they this. did to Max. The bottom two were uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis, rumoured to be an All-Stars 8, which I'm very excited about. Um, and Candy Ho. Can- Candy isn't a natural comedian. That kind of made sense. Kasha Davis was punished for, like, oh. literally slipping up on one thing. Sorry, we had this Ginger Minge. Ginger was great. Ginger Mint was also great. She was funny there. She was good. You know, Fame held her own. Fame was reasonably funny and had some good jokes. She, yeah, I, I don't remember. Like the bit about, um, um, th- thanks to the, the tapeworm that snatched my body, the tapeworm from Mexico that snatched my body, and the man upstairs, the light looks great. Oh, you can't. You know, not, for Fame, really not bad. Mm. Um, the Kasha, they were just keen to boot her out, the poor girl. Like, she slipped up once in the opening, and they were like, oh, ooh, you ruined the whole tone of the show, I'm afraid. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh, she pursed her lips. I think she'll kill All Stars 8. I think she'll be great. Isn't she the, there's always time for a cocktail, but now she's sober? She, both that, Trixie made that joke. Um, it was a dark joke, but it was like, there's always time for a cocktail until, it's, until it starts causing significant harm to you, your friends, and your family. <laughs> Which I can connect with. I connect with on quite a deep level. Yeah. Tom, yeah. this is actually an intervention podcast. <laughs> um, the reason we brought Joe on last week was to tell you. Should I put the Prosecco down? Yeah. It's only a Wednesday. Put it it's down. It's Thursday. Oh, that makes it. Oh, sorry. It's now okay. It's acceptable to be and drinking. I'm on a day off. I'm on a day off. Now, um, yeah. So it's, a, it's an award show. The thing is, we don't know enough about these queens and what their niche, if you if you say, if you can say, yes. what they bring. So basically, last week was our introduction to who are the queens who do fashion. This week, we're going to, it's an introduction to us to know who are the queens who are witty, who um, who are comedic, mm-hmm. who have the, the timing, who are comedy, yes. and who, who are hosts. So we're going to, we as much as we are in, in assessing and, and giving our opinions, we're going to be learning and educating ourselves about mm-hmm. which, which are the funny queens, because I don't know. No, I think we'll, I think we'll have a few ideas as we get into it. I mean, we so. can, we'll have our predictions, but 
my favorite award shows presenters i have two well two mm. moments one is ricky gervais ricky gervais is very very good at um pointing out the he's very audacious and he's very very happy to stand there in front of the hollywood elite and tell them how ridiculous they are oh if, if you if you have not seen ricky gervais literally roast every A-class mm-hmm. celebrity and director mm-hmm. at the Golden Globes. You must. He, He's a really, really good award He is iconic. He mm-hmm. is. He was the moment. And then also, um, my Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. Oh, they were fantastic. I loved them. At the Oscars. You have to go watch them. They were um, very, very good. Presenting and, and hosting. That, that's what I... See, that's what I want to see because they have a few... more. They have about five minutes. Mm-hmm. To present, which basically is a comedy, it's 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 a comedic set that they then end off with, uh, and the nominees are, mm-hmm. and I think something along those lines will be something better as opposed to here they have to come in quick and then dish out the award, and there's not much I, much time to create I, a comedy. Mm. I think, it, yeah, I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. So I guess you've got to come up with really punchy, very quick, roasty lines, really. You know, you've got to make fun of the people that you're honoring. That's like the thing, isn't it? Mm. It's like you're getting an award tonight or you're being honored. So you need to take this on the chin. So you can, you've got a carte blanche to be as mean as you like to people, really. And they, they are literally the richest, powerful, most powerful, most privileged people you can imagine. So go for it. So um, after the mini challenge, which was. A, we've I seen mean, this kind of challenge before. I, I'm not going to speak of it. Some of these mini challenges are just ridiculous. It was it's very like kind of like when they did it with like judges, judges gowns or um, prison uniforms. Just like style this and make it funny. The winner was Shadows on LaRue and she got to pair up um, the presenters. She put Kimmy Couture and Miss Fierce Delicious together. So let's talk about them first, okay? Mm-hmm. They're friends. I think, friends. first of all, I think... Shalazon Room, absolute queen. She was the way that she put everyone together was your friends have worked together. I, I think she was very fair. I think she was magnanimous. I yeah. think she said she wanted a, a good show and I believed her with her choices. Yeah. Yeah. So she put Kimmy Kato and Miss Fierce Alicious together. I just want to say that they have that Miss Fierce Alicious has such good self awareness. As yeah. as <laughs> as confident as she is, you know, with her youth. Um, and she you know she knows that she's stunning. She's yeah, she's sickening. She's yeah. you know she's hand, yeah, all of that. She also knows I'm not funny, and so she was a bit upset that she was put with her friend because she's like, we're not funny. Why would you put us together? I think that self awareness is key in her maintaining her charm. If she didn't have that self awareness, I think she'd come off as brash and annoying. But because she's got the self awareness, she's actually quite charming and funny, and she's self deprecating in the right moments. My opinion is that these two queens aren't going to do the best. I'm, I'm not. I don't hold out much hope for them. Um, but the we'll reason see. is because they they don't come off to me as comedy queens. They come off to me as like pretty queens, Instagram queens. Like, but you know, I look good. I'm sexy, and they and they are. Nobody expected Pearl to do well in the Despies, but she did. You know, yeah. maybe it'll be their pearl moment. It'll be their finding their funny moment. Seeing them work together, though, it's just two two sassy queens. It, it was, it was, it was. You know what? It was a classic throwback. Season six, Adore Delano and um, 
Laganja. Laganja. How <laughs> so Laganja was throwing all these ideas in the door. Delana was just doing the nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous laughing because I was raised right. Yeah, because Camille's throwing out a lot of things and Miss Fierce is just shutting it down. But she's not just like nervous laughing. She's saying, girl, grammar is not your thing. Girl, like, I would girl, s- like where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? I would say that Miss um, Fierce Alicious is... She's kind of misfiring when it comes to encouraging her partner. She seems to be exhibiting quite a lot of frustration, which might be understandable, but I I think she could do with being more supportive and kind to get the most out of Kimmy here. Um, Because the the vibe, the vibe isn't great. And Kimmy ends up venting her frustration and telling her to shut the F up, doesn't she? And I I, I sympathize with Kimmy in this situation because I really think she's trying but she feels like she's being put down. I thought you were going to say, I am I really side with Kimmy in this because when I podcast with you, yeah. Paolo, I really feel like you're always attacking me well, and I feel like you could actually listen to me now and then because I have good ideas. I think that's really insightful of you. That's probably why I connect <laughs> with Kimmy. Are you doing the whole um, telling your, your story through someone else? I really am. Um, anyway, you took up uh, <laughs> much th- enough time there. Thank you very much. Um, back to me and what I have to say. <laughs> Um, it's just too sassy, amazing queens making good television. If they can channel that sassiness, then it'll work. Because, like, a bitchy vibe does work in these. Like, like Violet and Fame, nobody expected them to do well. They were fine. They were fine in the Despies. I love how you were like, no one expected Violet and Fame to do well. They didn't. And do you know what? They were fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not amazing. They were amazing. They were They were amazing. They were, they were Fine. They raised some laughs from me. Like Violet's like, you you don't like me. You really don't like me. That was funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's why, yeah. So they're doing the best dressed award. Correct. Probably fits them. I would say the key to the award chal- the award categories is you've got to give the queen something that is easy to make fun of. And I think Despies did a good job of that. Shadiest, meatiest tuck, that kind of thing. It's silly. And you can make, there's room for jokes. Yeah. The awards here was wasn't it didn't give them room to create com- comedy from best dressed isn't very funny worst dressed is funny exactly most busted queen they had yes, the despies that's yeah it. but these ones are too canadian the best dressed oh, you guys, award the canadians the are so sweet award the best ass award the <laughs> the most hard-working busiest beaver award like come off it they had come me- off it. is meatiest tuck is best ass as funny as Meteor's Tuck? No. It's not really, is it? Because no. Meteor's Tuck, is, there's more room again for like, you can make fun of their tucking ability. You can joke about their huge penis. Best ass is just the best. Yeah. Uh, Evie's dick is so <laughs> big. She has to tape it between her shoulder blades. <laughs> Evie's dick is so big. It has its own heartbeat. Evie's dick is so big, when I was doing a line of coke off it, I got time to stop, reflect, and think, I've become my mother. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you're right. Do you know what? It was like Jinx was in the room. Yeah. Thank Hi. you for that. Thank you and for welcome that. to the stage. <laughs> welcome to the podcasting room. Oh, what was that? Nothing. Okay. So, um, next up we got, next up we got Miss Mosu and Jada Shader. So I expect these guys to do well because they're total pros. They have an existing, again, an example of Shelazon being magnanimous with her pairings. These guys work together regularly. They know each other. They have a chemistry. Um, I'm expecting good things. These, these are, 
workhorse queens they do the club circuit they're used to hosting you've got to manage a room full of drunk people you've got to be funny i expect good things here yeah and, and what's worse than managing a a group of drunk people drunk crumbunctious gays i was gonna say at uh, hens parties oh and parties, yes. <laughs> yeah. it's my special day it's my special day <laughs> you're right they are professionals and how do we know because they told us on episode mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they said that we host the biggest drag race viewing parties in my mind these these are seasoned professionals seasoned queens mm-hmm. hosts uh, I remember who was it that said, finally, you're on. It was Bombay who said that to Jada Shader. Yeah. So these girls have a reputation. They come off like they they have the confidence of um, of someone who can hold a room. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I think this is going to be a great redemption episode for Miss Mosu. It's going to mm. be a great showcasing of Jada Shader. Hopefully continue a momentum from the first episode. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's what I think. So they're, they're doing the Frostiest Queen Award, which I guess is the shadiest. Kind of. I think they've, they've got, they're putting a Canadian twist on the themes, aren't they? So I think it's shadiest. Um, Irma Gerd and Vivian Vonderpuss. Irma Gerd so and Vivian Vonderpuss are doing the Lifetime Achievement and Delusion Award. Convince yourself. Convince yourself. I think they'll be funny. I, these these queens are quirky and camp. Um, I think as long as they don't go, well, I don't know, like offbeat can work. Look at Katya. I, th- I think they'll be good. I think this is a really good, sensible pairing. They've Look both, at Willow Pill. They've both got mullets. Willow Pill is a special case. I think her sense of humour is really top-notch in terms of it's dark, it's intelligent, it's... I just love Willow Pill's sense of humour. I could... Okay. Yeah, go on. Go off, sis. Yeah, go off. Like You're <laughs> talking like you didn't see their Snatch game, but okay, go off. Oh, no. I mean, that just didn't work, did it? Um, remember Gerd and Vivian von der Post? They just, they are in sync in terms of they're both kooky, funny queens. Mullets. Yeah, mullets. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just, they're the same spirit. Yeah. The you're same right. Spirit. That's it. There's a connection so I think, here. Yeah, so I think they've got something to work off. I, I honestly see these guys... Um, I, I think they, they would see meeting on the show as really fortuitous and they can take themselves forward as almost like a duo. I can see them doing, yeah. um, t- uh, you know, d- duo drag tours together. Them yeah. two. Irma Gerd and Vivian Wonderfoss. So, yeah. <laughs> um, then we got Shelazon. Shelazon LaRue chose Giselle Lullaby. It's now, re- they're going to be doing the um, the best ass, the, the nicest caribou award. A caribou is a reindeer. Okay. Yeah. Thank I learned you. that. It's the North, well, the Canadian North American word for a reindeer. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. You know, you throw these one liner dead yeah. end full stop exclamation point <laughs> statements, and I'm always like, what do I do with that? See, this is exactly what I mean. Tom. This is exactly what I mean about being berated on, on my own podcast. <laughs> it's just, you know, um, why don't you work with me? Our European uh, listeners might not know what a caribou is. It's a reindeer. We call them a reindeer over so here. So Shella's on with Giselle. <laughs> I I don't know what I think. I mean, is Giselle the kind of, I think Giselle is in the same is from the same world as Irma and Vivian. Yeah, I wouldn't have placed Shella's on and Giselle together. Giselle's got a you write like a quirky kind of fairy flaze land. Da. Flaze da. Flaze da she's vibe. very flaze da. That's what I was thinking. Whereas Shelazon seems like she's more like cerebral, political and biting in her sense of humor. Like we saw in Untucked, she's not afraid to kind of stir the pot a little bit. You know? 
So um, I'm interested to see. Interested is the word. How this pair mm. works together. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got the last threesome is Bombay, Chaos, and Lady Boom Boom. They're going to be doing the busiest <laughs> beaver award, which is the hardest working queen. They call themselves the leftovers. Um, but Bombay is keen to kind of run with that theme because leftovers are great, by the way. A lot of things taste better the next day. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't know. I um, <laughs> I finish all my food. <laughs> um, what's leftovers? I uh, yeah. Things like curry and bolognese are just better the next day. Again, I don't I don't understand this concept of leftovers. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> does it does. I mean, I'm thinking about this trio and perhaps the trio I'm most worried about. Bombay actually does seem to have a funny sensibility and I think she could do a good job. I just like, it was like in her bants with, um, bants, I'm so cool, I'm so hip, her bants with Halal last week, but maybe that's just because of their chemistry. But I think she's got capacity to be funny and her talking heads are quite funny as well. Now, Chaos seems like an introverted character, very thoughtful, um, but like, not not like overtly lols. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Lady Boom Boom obviously won a fashion challenge last week, and I I love her talking head. She seems like gently funny. Maybe she'll be able to ch- channel it. We'll see. I I mean, again, it's only episode two. I. And you know what? And it's a hug because maybe they are funny. But when you come off watching All Star Season Seven, and you're you're you know you have Jinx thrown in your face, and the Verve with and, and the Verve thrown in your face, mm-hmm. um, and even Raja having Raja's Raja thrown great, in yeah. your face, it's it's there's already an expectation of drag humor, drag comedy that I'm that I'm used to, and maybe I'm not therefore giving a. a a fair chance to these queens because you're saying that you know Bombay's been funny. I'm like, where I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't yet experienced it. Shall we um, extend the queens the courtesy then of not having like an all stars level expectation? This is their first time on TV. Yep. It's their first time doing anything like this. They're fabulous queens. But we do need to measure our expectations because you are right. We're we're concurrently watching All Star Seven. It will get better after this week, for me, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it will get better after this week when we got All Star Seven out of the way. Yeah, for me because they're like because then I can actually just focus. I can just focus 7. on these queens and, and their excellence and their beauty and all of that. You know, God, I can't wait for All Star Seven to be over. God. I can't. No, I don't want it to be. I know, it's, it's been, been so a wonderful good. Season. However, that twist at the end has really. We're, we're going to have to let that go. Yeah. Because we've got to enjoy and just celebrate the last episode. So, yeah. So, these are the these are the pairings for it. Those are my predictions. Um, I think we should watch a bit more, see what happens in the workroom, mm-hmm. and then see what they do in the maxi stage and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I think there was one interesting topic of conversation that they had in the workroom mm. that maybe um, we could discuss before we get into the actual Who Knows Awards, yeah? And I guess, like, uh, Shelazon is bringing what we were hoping for from Shelazon in that, like, you know, she said from the outset that she is here to kind of, like, spread education and awareness about the difficulties faced by Indigenous people, and she's doing exactly that. Um, so it's very, very interesting to hear her talk about being a two-spirit person and how colonisation affected the way that gender non-conforming people 
we're seeing um, among indigenous people in North America. And also Bombay contributes in a very interesting way as well with a very, very similar kind of theme that um, gender non-conforming people were celebrated and very, very prominent in uh, religion and myths and legends um, in South Asia. But then again, this was changed by these very kind of Eurocentric, probably Christian-derived views um, when it came to gender conformity so that that was really really interesting to hear about and i really like enjoyed that conversation i i just enjoyed sitting and listening to it yeah and, and of course i i have spoken about this before mm-hmm. um uh, for, for the new listeners i i am polynesian you are um you know born in new zealand but mm-hmm. my roots are I'm from polynesia samoa so this idea of another gender has never been anything brand new to me mm-hmm. When they were speaking about their um their third agenda, if you may, or the non gender non conforming, yeah, it did, of course it rings bells to to me and my culture. They're mm-hmm. talking about how it was the Western and colonialism came and changed everyone's view and everything. It's kind of the same thing that in my culture we have what I would call the third gender, which is the fafafine, mm-hmm. and is basically a a boy um, who was raised as a girl um uh, to do uh, womanly duty you know stereotypical womanly duties mm-hmm. and um so we call them the fafafine and they exist and so they are a, a third gender mm-hmm. so they're talking about how you know they have the same things in their cultures and then it wasn't until the white man came across mm-hmm. and and more specifically Christianity yeah. came across and then were taught them to kill them on sight that it's not it's not natural it's not normal yeah and um i i guess because of the the western influence mm-hmm. the the third gender which i'll call them the third gender for the, you know, for the sake of um, the, this, what I'm explaining, the third gender has started to become more questioned, as opposed to more um, accepted. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about how it was celebrated. I don't think it was ever celebrated. This third gender, it just existed, and it was within Samoan culture. Yeah, culturally. it just yeah. existed, and it was it was just there, and and it was, it, you know, like we weren't like sacrificing goats to this third gender <laughs> there was no celebration of it but there was an acceptance that this was another expression of um of gender was there at least a quality yeah yeah it, it was okay. it, it existed and it's so it wasn't until western influence and colonialism mm. that we started having to look at that third gender under a microscope and saying that it's actually you're right it's unnatural Mm. um that shouldn't be there anymore we need to get rid of them we need to stop them so i can understand this two-spirit conversation Mm -hmm. i can stand bombay's upbringing about the um another gender within the culture because it still exists in mine yeah um i grew up i grew up with um, and Uncle Sione, mm-hmm. or Auntie, well, we, you know, we called her Auntie Sione, yeah. who was, you know, a, a male presenting feminine gender fa'afafine. Yeah. Who was sassy, who was, of, you know, like above and beyond gay, gay to another level. And it was, we loved, my, my father, my uncles, we, they all loved 
Herms, your name. And it was, yeah. it was, the question was never, is he gay? That was, we never talked about the sexuality. Mm-hmm. We always talked about the person and the existence. It was just Sione. That's just who Sione That's just, is. Uh, that's who Auntie Sione was. Yeah. And it's it's the Western influence that has mm-hmm. made us question well, what's his sexuality, what is his, why why they're like that. These questions weren't there because mm. it was just they just were them their own person. That's just who they were. That is so. Yeah, mm. so I I can contribute to the conversation because yeah. I've, I've grown up and 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 of course because I lived in New Zealand. Uh, but my my upbringing was Polynesian. Mm-hmm. I did get to understand both worlds. So for me, it was confusing as well. <laughs> Whenever you describe Fafafina people to me, um, it, it never feels like they fit within a, like a Western view of kind of uh, being uh, transgender or even non-binary or, or, or sexuality or nothing to do with... E- a Western view of pronouns or anything. They're just Fafafinia people and it's a very uniquely Samoan um, phenomenon, you know? And, and I guess it's the same. I can't speak for them, but I guess mm-hmm. it's the same for many others. Um, I, 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 what I'm hearing is that it's kind of like, yeah, two-spirit people are unique to indigenous North American culture and again wouldn't fit within a Western view of being transgender. And I be, I'm I'm sorry, but I forget the name. There is a name for people in, in South Asian culture who who are gender nonconforming and like assigned male at birth but feminine presenting. I forget the name for for, for but again not should not like a Western transgender thing. And it, it is so interesting to me how there are so many cultures around the world in which um, gentle non-conforming people are, are accepted and it's it yeah it is unfortunately and very sadly the creep I, of western notions that has led to the oppression there i went to school no i didn't go to school with them but i knew of some people i, don't know how, I knew of some and also i met them again at university but in high school i knew of some fafafines mm. and they called themselves the faf squad Amazing. Um, but they went to De La Salle College, which was an all-males Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And even there, because it was predominantly Polynesians at this at this Catholic school, mm-hmm. even there they were they went to school in their weaves, yeah, f- and, you know, um, and, and presenting as they were as, as a female, um, as a fafafine, I should mm-hmm. say. And yeah, they were mocked, but. Not only were they mocked, there was a there was a lot of there was another side to the school and to the students that were familiar. Yeah, they were familiar with the Fafafine, so they so they existed. This is an all boys Catholic school, mm. and these are Fafafines going there to an ostensibly they, to boys an, yes, school. Yeah. Yes, they went there, and even in university, they 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 came to uni and they were telling me about their experiences, and mm. and I knew it, but I just thought that they were so brave doing that. And mm. a culture and a climate that doesn't really understand um, what they were doing or who they were. Mm. Um, but yeah, they. And now I see. I, I, obviously, I'm still friends uh, on Facebook with them, mm-hmm. and I still see them, and they're they're still who they are. The, the, yeah, they're just Fafafina people. So yeah. yeah. So I think it was, it's, it's a nice conversation. I'm glad that it came. Um, that this conversation came up because it's the conversation that we didn't get with Alona. 
Um, Again, possibly more to do with production than Alona. Yeah. But I'm really, really glad that Shalazan has been given this voice. Um, another just like interesting tidbit there I found was um, Chaos speaking about being a more white presenting indigenous person. Um, I just I just found that really interesting. And I do think Chaos, Chaos is a really interesting person, clearly very artistic. I do think they're quite introverted um, and probably overthink and find it difficult to, you know, that kind of, not everybody does it. I don't know if you'd actually necessarily connect with this particularly, but a lot of people do overthink in an anxious way that prevents them from speaking. When I would have actually liked to hear Chaos contribute to this conversation. I would have liked to have hear, heard Chaos's views and Chaos's voice. I hope as the seasons go on that mm. we do hear Chaos speak about her experience. Yes. Yeah. Outside of the confessionals. Yes, me too. Because, um, I, I mean, I, I, I am not chaos, but I would I would assume that when someone speaks about it, it mm-hmm. kind of gives, and if it's in your culture and your identity, it kind of gives you permission mm-hmm. to therefore speak about it. And Shalazan is not, not someone who is stopping the conversation. No. She's creating the conversation. She, to me, she's giving the air of... I need to express I'm an activist. Mm-hmm. I think, I think she's open to. I think. I mean, Bombay. Welcome. Bombay isn't of two spirit, but Bombay felt. Oh, I can. I can relate to that. This is my yeah. experience. Here I am. So I, I'm. I'm hoping that chaos does speak about it outside of the confessionals. Maybe this is like a little um, seed that's been planted, and hopefully. Shalazon can perhaps give Chaos a bit more confidence in speaking about their experiences as an indigenous person who is more light-skinned and white-presenting. I'll give everyone some a, a, a bit more personal info into me, my oh, life. Wow, okay, all um, Coming up to my parents as mm-hmm. gay was harder for me mm-hmm. than my trans sister mm-hmm. coming out as trans mm-hmm. To my parents, when Bingy, hey girl, hey girl, when um when when, when my when my, my I say sister, but She's grow your sister. up, yeah, growing up, it was my brother. Mm-hmm. When Bingy came out as trans to my parents, they understood very quickly. They they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they accepted it. There's a framework because they understood mm-hmm. the framework of male. Um, oh. And becoming a woman because in yes. their mind they the idea or the concept of fafafine exists mm-hmm. so it made sense for this it made more sense for Bingy to come out as trans however for me to come out as gay as a masculine presenting yeah. uh, cisgender male who is gay for me coming out mm-hmm. as gay my parents I had to come out more than once and still I think I need to come out again I think you because do. they don't understand the idea of a man liking another man because there's no framework in Mm -hmm. their upbringing so they can't they don't like my dad was so confused he he didn't understand and and it shocks Mm -hmm. me because the second that bingy told them that he was trans that she was trans Mm -hmm. they were like oh yeah okay yeah and 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 they're all good but i still have a very difficult yeah relationship with my especially my dad because my dad doesn't understand gay because he's not brought up with gay he's been brought up with um a, a guy a woman 
and Afafafine. Mm-hmm. So there's no framework for him to understand this. So when I get back to New Zealand and I come out for the fourth time, I'm not joking, the fourth time. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Everyone support me, please. We we all support you. Just a little aside from that, like I don't have a super duper deep understanding of of Christian teachings. Well, I did go to Sunday school when I was little. <laughs> um, well, therefore you are the expert. I am. I on know. This conversation. Um, but you know, when we come to the the teachings of Christianity, I mean, there's a lot more in the Bible that can be interpreted as "don't be a homo" than there is in the Bible about don't be trans do you know what i mean um although even the stuff about even the anti-gay stuff in the bible is very very much open to interpretation because what we have to remember is the bible has been translated and retranslated so many times from its original text that the meaning of several passages can, are very 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 much open to debate um but again like i'm just thinking of like the christian influence on on your parents views there perhaps yeah, yeah. great cool. great topic Thank you for that. Thank um, you. No, sound off in the comments, let us that. know. And um, welcome into a little bit um, into my life. Hi, uh, this is me no. being vulnerable. Oh my God. And if I was in Drag Race, they would have edited the hell out of this. This is your vulnerable moment and you're definitely here for three more episodes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I've earned myself the finale. Yeah, yeah. Let's go into the um, the who knows. Let's go into the who knows, yeah. Starting off with uh, Bombay Chaos and Lady Boom Boom who presented the Busiest Beaver Award. I... I go on. Speak your brains. My brains say um, that Bombay looked stunning. I love that gold dress and the asymmetric. The Bombay looked like Almost I was just looking at Bombay going, "You are mm. a tall glass of perfection." She's so tall and model esque, isn't she? And she looked like a giant over Lady Boom Boom. Oh, Lady Boom is so petite, isn't she? She's a tiny little package. I love oh. her. I love the contrast between the two of them. And then Chaos was there. Chaos was there. Um, I thought um, Bombay has a certain like um, charisma and comedic presence. I thought I thought like her timing was good and her delivery was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I just think the that she's naturally funny. I think Lady Boom Boom is a bit of a secret comedian. Um, now mm-hmm. we've we we have seen the whole um, award show, so I'm going to include her acceptance speech, which I thought was really really good. I thought like a real highlight for her was the lying down and like saying "pass it here, bitch," and kind of like I'm here to give you all fashion tips. And even in the the banter um, when when you know uh, they mentioned her and she's like "oh merci" and stuff like that, her reactions were really really good. I think she's comedically good. Okay, um, so we're watching different shows because okay, I love Bombay. I think Bombay's stunning, but I don't think that we've yet to see Bombay's true power. Yeah, okay. I I didn't see the comedy that you saw. The delivery for me was a bit monotone. Uh, I, I yeah, okay. For okay. me, Chaos had such good zingers. Do you know, like. I okay. was really shocked that we're, her zingers. We're going to disagree here. Um, I went home last week, and the next one, mistake. I mean, Miss Moser. I think she's some really good lines. Um, Lady Boom Boom. I love the whole that um, Kimmy Couture is proof of the apple does fall far, far, is, is it, I, far, 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 far from the tree. I do think Boom Boom's funny. Um, yeah, that's and then um, Bombay. I do like Bombay's. Um, you'd be a good runner up if you could run. Uh, the deadpan delivery there. But I don't, I don't think outside of Bombay's beauty, 
I think that for me, Chaos and Lady Boom Boom comedically took over that threesome. And I think that for me, Chaos came out on top. For me, Boom Boom came out on top of this this trio. And I'll tell you where I thought Chaos tripped up a little bit was in her own acceptance speech. I'm not talking about the acceptance speech. I think it's all part of it, though, because it's a moment to shine. I'm just talking about the presenting. I think for the threesome, I think I really was shocked at Chaos. She has some good zingers. She has some good one-liners. I don't like... When Chaos accepted her award, I don't like the format she did because... I mean, you're going to agree because I think that I heard you mutter the same thing. Mm-hmm. She said, I want to thank she, uh, my mum for the genetics, the genetics my, my doctor, doctor, but she didn't give a reason for That's thank it. the doctor. She missed a beat yeah. there. I'm not an expert comedian by any stretch of the imagination, but like... It but there been, was a joke there that could yeah, have yeah, yeah. My mum for the genetics, my doctor for the da-da-da. And for, Brooklyn for the referral. My, my doctor for the um, illegal medical grade silicone or yeah, something. something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, Brooklyn for the referral was the punchline. Nerves. I, I want to put it on to nerves. She missed and a little bit there. Episode two. I really so, liked. I really liked um, chaos going for a beauty look because um, obviously she's an unconventional, unconventional alt queen. So I appreciated her effort there. Um, but yeah, not bad at all considering they called themselves the leftovers. I think. I don't understand that concept. <laughs> Just like I am one of seven. One of the... I know, I know. I'm one of seven. There weren't leftovers. You fought for every scrap of rice. Like, particularly, like, pizza and bolognese are just so much better the next day. Can we order pizza tonight? If you want. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> pizza? You don't even... You don't go for pizza. Tom, Is I've it... had a few Proseccos. <laughs> Bolo will go for anything right now. I will go for pizza, though. Um, okay, and then, cool. Next up, we have Miss Mosu and Jada Shader. No, we don't. We've got Shalazon and Giselle. <coughs> Fine. We'll go with Shalazon and Giselle. You go first. Presenting the nice carry booty. Do you know what? Um, I I tell you what I loved about it. I loved the fake entrance. That, oh, I don't know. You've never seen you before yeah. in my life. I yeah. loved that whole fakery because, you know, it is, it's all acting. Yeah. I love the good dramatics. I love the whole when they turned around and the nominees are and they turned around with mm-hmm. the hands and they looked at the back of the screen. That was a very good job. And then they came back and mm. then they did the whole no screen, no music. Okay, got it. <laughs> there was such there's so many great moments here mm-hmm. um that happened that for me kind of took over I, I don't remember anything else. I uh, think that those are the I think best two- moments. But I, th- I think what it what it says to me is that they um they had like this really good vibe, this very good kind of like insincere kind of ha 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 award show hostess kind of vibe, kind of like I'm being bitchy, but I'm like trying to make it seem like I'm being cel- celebratory sort of thing. I th- I, th- I thought they had really fun energy and really good chemistry, which surprised me because I wouldn't have put the two of them together, which which I think we said earlier. There's something about Shalazan that I really like. She's quite compelling. She is. And she had an acceptance speech as well. So she had another little moment to shine. And I'll tell you what I like there when, and I, I think they must have planned this, um, when Giselle leaned in to hug her, she pushed her away. <laughs> That was funny. It was it was good. Because she was winning the frostiest picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's something about Shalazon that's really that I'm liking. She's got yeah, she's got like a compelling quality. I enjoy. Do you know what her. she's got? What? It. She's got it. Yeah. She's got it. Yeah, she definitely has. Yeah. So um, I think them two as a, a twosome were good. 
They really were, actually. Yep, they did well. Okay, and next up, we have is it Mismosu and Jada Shader? It is, and they were my they, dis- disappointment of the year. This was okay. This was the on the same level of awkward as pheromones. Huh. Oh god, <laughs> is that? The, I, I, and that I want to say. Even worse. Just a little mention about Pheromone, actually. Back on Instagram, looking glowing, looking really, really happy after she's had a big absence from social media. So it looks like she's doing fab and lots of love to Pheromone. Okay. But back to this. Back to this. Yeah. I was... It was it was awkward. It was so awkward. I can't see anything else. I'll, I'll tell you where the awkwardness came in for me, yeah, is that the jokes were actually quite funny, but the timing, particularly with Miss Mosu, was... I can't describe it as anything other than strange. You know, the, the, okay, so they, they they told Brad in the workroom the, the Rachel Zoe joke and Brad's like, ha, 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 ha. I think that was mostly because it was a joke about him. So he was like flattered. No, you're wrong. I thought Brad was shady for not saying anything in the workroom because they did exactly what they said they were going to do. The walk in saying it's cold and then blow the dust. That was not funny from the get-go. He should have said, but he was laughing. So then they walked into this with a fake confidence. I think Brad is being shady. The thing is, the the blowing the dust thing, it's like, it's more of a kind of amateur magic show thing. It's not a joke. Um, the th- but like the timing was so weird. It's like, but she was like doing like a weird rhyming couplet thing almost. It's very Dr. Seuss. No, it was it was very... Um, it was like... Uh, uh, no, it was very Trixie Mattel RuPaul. No. And... Uh, yeah, so the next award is... Um, but, but I know what Trixie was going... On, uh, but we all knew what Trixie was going for there because Rue can have this funny robotic delivery at times. This was just like, um, this is colder than Brad's shoulder. Pregnant pause, pregnant pause, pregnant pause. When Rachel Zoe walks in the room, it's like, what was that pause about? That was so strange. What, yeah, what was Th- these these Mosu's I, delivery? I know these girls are better than this, so I was baffled. No, you don't. This is, Tom, this is our introduction to who they are. Okay, so You I f- know nothing okay, of them. But I, so maybe this is how good they really are. I feel it in my waters. It's my belief and my knowledge, okay? Yeah, you're hoping. You're like, please, yeah. surely they have to be better yeah, than yeah. I just want to, all we can do is judge them for what they bring to the table and i'm i'm sorry what else there are so many a... awkward moments that so cold Ooh, go on just just go it was, was yeah it, the, the, the thing about with her cold face just her hard lace uh, and then the ice wigs lice it was like, what was, was with the delivery was, but again it was like rhyming couplets it was like all right dr seuss i mean i Come on, Shakespeare. Do, I thought they were going to do well because they walked in saying that we host the biggest drag race viewing parties. Um, Look, I, I, I was baffled by this. Drag race is a different game and I'm not going to define their skills as a drag queen by the challenges that are presented because obviously they have to force what they do know into a different format. I do want to believe and I do believe that these queens are much better. I just don't think that it translated in this challenge. Tell you what I think with Mosu in particular, I think Mosu really felt she had something to prove and she worked too hard. Yeah. That's what I think. I think the best thing about this set was Shalazan's acceptance and reaction. Jada was slightly better in this duo. Yeah. Yeah. Who was next? Was it Kimmy and Fierce Licious? 
Now, can we this for sure? So I know that we dogged them saying that they were... They, for me, were the winning pair. <laughs> we dogged them all over town. We do- I dogged them. I'm not going to... I'm going to be honest. I was like, they're not going to do yeah. well. They're just pretty... But they were amazing. They were amazing. They were the surprise factor of the evening. That definitely worked in their favour. But I do think they were objectively funny. I'll tell you what it was. Uh-huh. They had the op- it was the opposite to Miss Mosher and Jada. They had the timing and the delivery. The energy was good. Now we've got cancers so and we stuck here with the who knows. And then the Kimmy was like, and we're looking stunning. Yeah. Which is correct. They both On paper, those lines well. aren't funny. But her delivery was great. Kimmy in I particular, the, that gown was I really, really good. I love the whole clap, 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 da, da. It was so funny. The, the dress, dress but it was such it a good way. It's a good way of bringing the energy up. It was, it was af- good. After Mosu and, and Jada. The girl, the energy needed to come up. I really did. Um, and the throwback, when Kimmy was like, you look stunning. And then Miss Fierce goes, thank you. I didn't have to make this outfit. So that was good. The, cla- the clever clap back was to last cl- week. Yeah. So it was clever, self-deprecating and self-aware. So again, it comes back to Fierce Licious. She's got charm. She knows when to make fun of herself. She's not just some some girl who's... But then she, she also had her own little acceptance speech, which was actually one of the better ones. Her, her acceptance speech was really quite funny. Um... So they've done surprisingly well, Kimmy and Fierce Alicious. Really well. Even the, the best dress when Kimmy was reading. You got the best dress for the Golden Girls or what's couture in French? I thought we'd been bilingual. It was just yeah. something like, it was just the, the whole pretty girl ditzy humor thingy going on. It was on, good. Which they played off, which is well. Even Fierce was like, um, Bombay, you know, she's a look queen if you're running away from a hairbrush. That and was then funny. When they, when they went to a close up of Bombay and I could see all those straight hairs, I was like, yeah. oh, she's. Oh, that's really yeah, funny. It's, it's observational. Kimmy Kato and Miss Fischer-Licious for me were great. Considering the acrimony in the workroom, right? that was very, very good. The drama. Because it, it felt like they were rehearsing right up until the last minute. And Fischer-Licious was still being like, Kimmy, love, you shit. Yeah. You shit, you joke shit, you hair shit, your dress is shit. <laughs> she shit. No, Kimmy Kato and Miss Fischer-Licious for me are the top two. I'm I'm kind of trying to think of who was better, and I can't. I I think maybe um, Chalazon, um was. We'll come to it. We'll come to it. Let's go to the last the pair: last Irma Gerd and Vivian Vonderpuss. They had the lifetime achievement in delusion. So this is another pair we had high hopes for. What did you think? I I love the entrance. The wow, the moon looks so bright tonight. And Irma, that's a studio light. That was very good. That very, was good. Very in keeping with their brand and characters. Yeah. yeah. The, um, oh, we're proof that a little salt water and fresh air does nothing for your skin. Like, you know, the self-deprecating humor. The yeah. That's seen this. I love it. Things were going right until it was Irma started the whole stuttering. Yes. And not only did she stutter... But she let us know she stuttered. And it, that was that was the problem. The problem wasn't that she stuttered. The problem was she let us know every time she made a mistake. It started with her not knowing when to do the presentations. She turned to Vivian and was like, are we, we going to do it now? Yeah, the nominees, oh, do, do we do it? Yeah. Okay. The and nominees I, are... At first I thought that was a joke, but then I thought, no, that's not a joke. That was too, a mistake. Yeah. Um, because she started laughing toilet, about it. I mean, if... If oh if delusion was an odor toilet mm-hmm. and then I was just like oh. it's really disappointing for Irma but I actually think Vivian held it together really well. The Vivian was the Vivian, the Vivian yes, Mark too. The Vivian Vonderpuss <laughs> was the saving grace here. She she kept it going she even did. though there were she she never showed that there was a mistake on stage. 
and I love the whole Ermagerd, you're so delusional. That was <laughs> I very that was good. So good. Yeah. Vivian was really solid and a professional. And professional? Professional. Poor Irma, her nerves got the better of her and she started off strong but really, really fizzled and like she was rattled. Right after that first trip up, she was rattled and yeah. every single joke after that was, was delivered um, in a stuttering and underconfident fashion, unfortunately. Yeah. So these these are the queens. For me, the winning pair is Kimmy Couture. Do you think they'll judge in pairs? If they judge in pairs, Kimmy and Miss Vesalicious should be the top two. Um, but special mentions to Shalazan and Vivian. And Boom Boom. Okay, you can give it to Boom Boom, but I'm, I want to give my special mention to Shalazan and Vivian. I think there's room for like five girls who've done well and could vie for the top three. The Claire Bottoms for me is Miss Mosu, Jada and Irma. So that's just like disappointment factor, unfortunately. Yeah. Though, I mean, those are clearly the bottom three. I can't think of anybody else who's like definitely no. in the bottom three. Let's have a look at the runway and then make our final moments, okay? Our final decisions. What is the category to the Tom? So it's goddesses of the ancient world, which I always think is such a fun... Um, category so in walks chaos as mazana who i think is like a slavic um winter goddess i really like this i think it's very chaos it's there's it's elaborate um i love the shoulder pieces the tool it's almost a bit alexander mcqueen um sort of uh ice ice queen i i really like this i think it's a great presentation um, and then in comes uh, Bombay as a traditional Kathakali dancer. So this links in really beautifully with what she was talking about earlier about um, androgyny and gender fluidity being present in in particularly Hindu religion and myths and legends. Um, I love I love the green um, face, the the interesting silhouette. I think she looks fantastic. Very alphabet. Yeah, very alphabet. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they, she was going I for. I think that's what their goddess was going for. <laughs> Lady Boom Boom? Lady Boom Boom's really, really cute. So, I mean, at first glance, it's quite a simple um, presentation. But when you look at the details, it's really beautifully done. So she's giving us Cupid, the Roman god of um, love and desire, as opposed to Eros, the Greek god. But, you know, same concept, really. Um, I think this is lovely. I, I like the way that the bits of fabric just delicately wrap around her her intimate areas, which is very kind of like reminiscent of like Rococo and like classical. I, I thought um, it was art. like, she's supposed to be in the cloud. Yeah. It's very cloud like, isn't it? Um, and just when you look at the stoning and everything, it's just like, it looks simple, but it's, it's very well done. Very well done. Very beautiful. So Miss Mosu is Atagina, a goddess of the underworld. I'm unfamiliar with Atagina. And I guess like I was put more in mind of like Persephone or Nyx from Greek mythology. Um, but she looks elegant. I love the headpiece. It's really elaborate. Um, she, she's cinched for the gods. Her shape is beautiful. And I love the kind of like swathes of, of black tulle coming off the back. She looks very foreboding. And I liked her performative aspect with the scream as well. Go on. Okay. So next we have Jada Shader Hudson as uh, Mami Wata, who I believe is um, a West African, I think, um, a water goddess. Um, so she looks really, really beautiful. I think this is a great presentation. This really elaborate gold corset. Um, so she's creating a lot of shape um, and she looks really opulent. Um, I think so many of these are very like, 
they're like love letters to people's culture and ancestry that they're not really open for criticism in a way. Um, but I, I just think she looks beautiful. I, I like the, the shape here and how elaborate it is. Um, so Chalazan Larue is, as we'd expect for Chalazan, giving us um, a reference to a First Nations goddess who is the Sky Woman. Um, I'm really interested and I'd like to know more about this mythology because of the, the black hands and the black stripe across her eyes. The black stripe across the eyes for, for me is very often shorthand for like avant-garde fashion makeup, but it might be a reference to the mythology as well. Tom, I think she just had a stunning dress and, and made it a fit. <laughs> I honest. don't know. It's a gorgeous dress and lovely makeup. I, I think the textile and the the, pa- the fabric, I think I'd love to sit here and I'd like her to sit down and tell me more about the references here. Because I think there's just a lot of stuff that we'd not be aware of and that we'd miss. Um, Giselle Lullaby is the goddess of the forest. So uh, the overall, the, the effect is very much like a fawn from um, a Greek mythology to me. Um, I like the Nosferatu ears and the white contacts. Gives her a very like otherworldly quality. I like the contrast between this like scary quality of the makeup with the like gentleness of the pink florals and the tool, which is very kind of... What's it putting me in mind of? Like some some mid nineties Mugler items. Took me a while to get there, but there's your first Mugler oh, reference of the evening. Surprise, surprise. Um, but 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 a lovely floral presentation. The only thing I didn't really like was the kind of like fluffy slippers quality of the hooves. Looked a little bit like kind of furry mules. Um, now Kimmy looks really really gorgeous. I love this. Now <laughs> Kimmy tells us that she's a sun goddess but she doesn't really know which sun goddess can we as you know how i said that shalazan had a dress and made a fit yeah no 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 let me ref- i'll retract that Kimmy Couture had a dress and made it fit the theme. I Because she is just that. stomping down the runway victoria's secret fenty looking every bit stunning I mean, she looks absolutely beautiful, but I, I know, I think I think she brought this with a specific goddess in mind, but I think, I don't know, she she kind of implies she forgot the name. Like, I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form of like East Asian mythology, but I'm somewhat put in mind of the Japanese um, sun goddess Amaterasu, um, who is often depicted with like this sunburst behind her. Uh, I love the orange... Um, and I, I think she looks really, really beautiful. I, I think, think she, she looks stunning. I think the, the front pieces are very reminiscent of Beyonce's Mugler, um, that that kind of design. But I, I just, I think she had this amazing dress and made it for the theme. I'm not saying that she's ugly. I'm saying she's stunning. No, I think this is made for the theme, and I suspect Isis helped her. Next up, Miss Fishlicious. I really, really like this one. It's just really, really elegant, and she's referencing um, Ocean, who is a an African goddess of beauty and vanity, but also rivers, I believe as well, because she's, she's, so the main reference that I'm drawing on here is that she's often been referenced by Beyonce, which I'm sure you would know, eh? I, I know I don't. Tom. When it comes wow, to- Wow, like, calling me out of my Beyonce in mm-hmm. front of everyone. You know when Beyonce was pregnant and she was wearing like oh, lots yes, of yes, yes. headpieces? Yep. I do know, I do know now. Um, and yellow fabrics like, like in lemonade and stuff. I, yeah. I believe that was a reference to Ocean. Now we've got, who's this? So this is Vivian depicting Freya from North Mythology. At North? Norse Mythology. Um, 
I think this is really, really cool. This looks, this is a great look. Um, to me, this is this battle armor looks very like like a Marvel superhero. She could be. Um, oh, who was Kate Blanchett's character in that? Um, um, in that Thor movie, do you know who I mean? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. We watched it together. You say Kate Blanchett. I think of her in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but she was in the Thor movie as well. Wasn't she was she? Galadriel. Yeah, but she was also their sister. In place of a dark lord, you will have a queen. <laughs> That's probably the best. Who's beautiful scene. and terrible? Yes. Yeah. That the best scene from Lord of the Rings was that moment. I remember being scared, but in awe. Yeah. Watching it, just thinking, wow. Um, overall, I think all yeah. will love me in despair. God, okay, go off. Great look, though. Um, little bit Versace, little bit, um, John Galliano. I liked it, I thought that was really cool. Irma Gerd is looking like a rainbow delight as the goddess Discordia. So, Discord is the goddess of chaos. So maybe Chaos should have done this look. Um, she's, yeah. she's the one who's responsible for the Trojan War because she went to a banquet of the gods and chucked an apple in the middle, the apple of discord, saying for the fairest. And the main goddesses, um, Aphrodite, Hera and Athena squabbled over it. And, and so they got some shepherd called Paris to, I don't know why they chose him, to judge who was the fairest. Um, and they all promised him different things like power, um, wisdom, and then Athena, no, not Athena, sorry, Aphrodite promised him the most beautiful woman in the world if he chose her. And so he was like, yeah, cool, okay. Um, and then um, that led to Helen of Troy being delivered unto him. Fifi O'Hara. Fifi O'Hara. Helen of Troy. Yes. Um, and thus started the Trojan War. Um, but yeah, so I like this because she really can, you know, with the clashing prints, almost like a Pucci-esque print um, and the chaotic hair. She's really giving me this air of chaos. So I thought that was really, really cool. Really cool take on the theme. I like it. Mm-hmm. Does any of the runways change your tops and bottoms? No, I mean, so we're thinking like Kimmy and Fierce-licious did a really fab job and they both look stunning. Um, Vivian also looked great and she was a pro, wasn't she? Yes. Yes, um, yes, yes. I would also put um, Chaos and Shalazon on the top. Is, it, is someone buy off the top? Yeah. The bottoms don't change for me. The bottoms is Jada Shader, uh, Miss Mosu, and Ermagerd. Yeah. Should we go with that? That's it. I'm afraid, like, we do place more emphasis on performance. Yeah. And this is a really consistent... I think the runway is actually really, really stunning this week. But just for the runway, who would you award the best runway to? I mean, I actually think Vivian Vanderpuss's looks really, really good. Um, I think Chaos looks amazing. But I just think that Kimmy and um, Fierce Licious both have, like... They're actually... They look great stood next to each other, don't they? They complement each other really beautifully. Mm. I think they've just got, like, an elegance and, like, a goddess quality to them. Who's next to Shalazan? Who's in between Shalazan and Kimmy? That's, um, that's Giselle. I like Giselle and Irma Gerd. The slippers. And Miss Fierce Licious. The slippers ruin him. Let's see what the judges say. So the winner was the winner was Kimmy Couture. I uh, mean, which is the surprise of the episode. But like, I'm sitting here thinking, kind of, 
would I put anybody above Kimmy? It was like Kimmy and Fierce Alicious's episode. Yeah, it was for me. It was either one of them. I keep on th- asking myself: Have I been tricked by laugh tracks and production and stuff? But I don't think anyone was better than that duo. So it kind of had to be one of them, and they both looked stunning on the runway. I mean, for me, it was either Kimmy or Miss Fierce Alicious. Congrats so there to Kimmy. We go. Congrats, Congrats Kimmy. to Kimmy. The um, bottom. Following in the footsteps of your track mother. <laughs> the bottom two is Miss Mosu and Jada, which is correct, unfortunately. So we've got the contrast between the su- pleasant surprise factor and the disappointment factor. This has gone. Compl- this is topsy turvy. It's this topsy-turvy. Malamar topsy turvy. <laughs> Malamar. Because doing topsy-turvy I thought that Jada and Miss Mosey were going to be the top, and I thought that the bottoms were going to be Miss Fetchlitz and Kimmy. It's so good that this is not the case. Anyway, let's look at the lip sync. Who do you think won the lip sync? So I, I got to say, I wasn't familiar with the song, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to add it to a Spotify playlist after this because it's a really, really cool song. Um, it had a really specific vibe. It had like this kind of, I don't know when it was recorded, but it felt to me like a kind of like late 70s, early 80s rock um, with a certain amount of like sensuality and like sex appeal and stuff. So to me, because of the vibe of the song, I think Mosu connected with it a bit better. I have to say, I agree. I preferred the performance of uh, Jada because it was so drag and so extra and I could mm-hmm. see the feeling and I always go for that. But I feel like if I was to watch the clip, mm-hmm. I feel that the vibe was actually more Miss Mosu. Even though Miss Mosu, yeah. Mosu wasn't doing as much, but I don't think that the, the song called for it. I think she was giving, I think Miss Mosu was giving the very like, like that chill, nonchalant kind of just like the lyrics, too cool to yeah. try to be anything extra. It's which about I the, felt like yeah. what the song was. It's about the bitchiest, coolest girl in school, and it's like who she's sleeping with. She got her Fabergé perfume. Like it makes me cream my dreams. She doesn't need so to try that hard. So Mosu was definitely embodying it, but I did appreciate Jada's passion. Yeah. And her drive. So what I'm trying to bear in mind as well is that Jada was high last week and Mosu was in the bottom two I last week. I think that, because isn't the, the actual singer on the panel? Yeah, yeah, that's Carl Pope. I think Carl Pope would have actually chosen Miss Mosu, but mm. I think that the drag race judges are going to appreciate Jada more. Shall we see? So I'm, I'm going to say that like based on the performance, I think Miss Mosu, but track record may come into it and it may be Jada who stays. We say farewell to Miss Mosu and congrats to Jada for it's making it. It's kind of the as week. predicted, really. Um, yeah, it's a struggle when you've been in the bottom before. Um, you have to fly. You have to bring back the dead. You, do. you, you have do. to do the unspeakable and the undoable. Pyromancy, cryomancy, all the mancies. Now, um, the next yeah. episode for Canada Drag Race is coming out in a few hours. So make sure that you join <laughs> us. However, we've got the finale of All Stars 7 coming out. That's going to be great. It'll be Should awesome. Just stay up and do another Yeah, one. yeah. So um, actually, we've got to get straight into the next one now. We're not going to sleep after the pizza. Uh-huh. Um, no, but that's it. It's going to be out very, very soon. Make sure you join us and follow us um, on Instagram and Twitter. Some sort of lip sync smackdown next week. So that'll be great. It'll be fun. It'll be right up your alley. Good. Ooh, so so this speak. is Bolo. And at Tom. See you guys soon. Lots of love, guys. See you soon.